right. I don't even know what episode this is. So many weeks into the new year, um, have an opportunity to chat um, with my beautiful wife, Megan Rickles, today as we continue in this series. This series is about the home. It's about being a Christ-centered home. And um, my wife and I this past week had the opportunity to discuss Christ-centered parenting. And everybody assumes we're the experts at parenting because we have so many kids, but one of the feedbacks uh, that I heard this past week was um, they were so thankful that we're honest and, and raw and real and let people see that we don't, we're not perfect. And um, I think to start off, we should just chat a little bit about our real life, who we are, what it looks like to kind of be in the Rickles household, and then I'm going to kind of tie up at the end discussing discipleship in the home and uh, some of the things that we do, and then just some of the things that I had on my heart pastorally. And so, babe, tell them a little bit about us. We were discussing your morning routine uh, today, <laughs> and <laughs> some people go, oh my goodness, how do you do that? And uh, But let, let's just walk them through the crazy day or a week. Let's do like close to a week of the Rickles household. Yeah. So I'm happy to be here with you. Thanks yeah. for including me today. Um, so the Rickles household is a busy household because it is a full household. We have seven children, as most people know. We have four biological and three adopted. And we are parenting every season of life right now from toddlers to young adults. Mm. Um so our week is crazy busy. We start at 5 a.m. Um, 5 a.m. You hand me a cup of coffee every single morning without fail. And that is my quiet time from 5 to 530. I'm an amazing husband. You my are goodness. an amazing husband. <laughs> and that coffee is what keeps you alive. <laughs> um, but that is very, very important yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, that's Sorry a huge love language, so good job. I know. Acts of service. Acts of service. Yes, ma'am. Coffee's it, man. 20-some years I'm learning. Yeah, 5.30, <laughs> it kicks in, and I hit my feet, and I get to work. I wake yeah. up Elijah, and then my morning routine starts with housework. Um, and I actually do as much as I can before I get up the littles in the morning. Yeah. Um, so it's getting up one teen, and then the next teen um, doing loads of laundry in between that, getting kids the bus stops, mm -hmm. getting kids the middle school, then getting up littles, getting them fed a breakfast out the door, and you take them to school, and I'm home with a toddler. And I actually still have two young adults at home during the day. One goes to work in the evenings. Afternoon. Yeah, Afternoons, yeah. yeah. He's an LPN at the hospital, so <coughs> he works the night shifts. Um, so, yeah, it's busy with basketball, mm -hmm. football, uh, I'm in a mommy group for toddlers, so we do that at the park on Tuesdays. We do occupational therapy on Wednesdays. I have an adoptive foster mom coffee group on Wednesdays as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're busy. <laughs> we're pretty busy. I think everybody has their busy. Everybody has One their busy. One of the things that when somebody's listening to us, they go, how do you get up at 5 a.m.? We're not night owls. No. So people have to take into consideration that one, we, we're in bed. What our, our kids go to bed by 7 p.m. Yeah, so our littles so. are in bed at 7 p.m. every single night. Um, we do follow a strict routine and schedule because that works best in our home. And they need to know your OCD. And I 
think. Oh, what they do? <laughs> think Thank they, you. Babe, I'm listening to you and I'm going, that for some people it can be overwhelming. Yeah. So I think they need to know that this this is there's variables. So it is a blessing. We talked about this this morning. It's a blessing and a curse. There you go. Um, having OCD tendencies, because that is what I was diagnosed oh, with. Okay. <laughs> tendencies. Um, which I medicated isn't, for. Isn't a tendency towards OCD OCD? I mean, yes, but it's okay. not that bad. Okay. Um, so it is, it is exhausting because I am physically tired by bedtime. Yeah. So at 7 o'clock, the littles go down. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I finish up. I do a quick nightly routine mm-hmm. that I have <laughs> done for years now, yeah. make sure the bigs are good. All of the bigs don't need anything. And as soon as I know they're good, um, I do like to go to sleep quick. Yes. So sometimes I take a melatonin. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll take a little bit of Z-Quil just so I can fall asleep fast. Um, I'm not suggesting that to anybody. And <laughs> that way I'm asleep by 830. Yeah. That way I can get up at five. Everybody's going, wonder what Micah does. Micah doesn't do anything in that house. And I would say you're right. My he wife, doesn't. My wife no, is the glue. <laughs> he does not do anything in the house. Um, he does walk the dogs if needed, um, takes out the trash if needed, but our kids have their own chores as well. I help. Um, he helps with laundry. Saturday mornings, That's true. Um, he is a huge help yeah. where I kind of lay back a little bit more on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and he jumps up and gets things running and going. Um, but he does all the outside stuff and he gets up and goes to work and (laughs) he comes into church and he preaches the sermons and he does the sermon prep and he leads a team and, and he protects a flock and, um, the love you give me is, I was talking to my best friend yesterday, um, Tori, her and I, uh, text daily and we were talking about our routines actually. Okay. And um, she was kind of talking about, wow, I can't believe how scheduled you are, even with dinner. And I said, there's something about my husband coming home Mm -hmm. and the house being clean and dinner being cooked and me making his plate and him saying, well done, Meg. (laughs) Like, I just get so excited because when your husband loves, I'm a nurturer, but when your husband loves you so well, Mm. I love to serve you. Yeah, I think our relationship, I mean, we're 20 some years in and we, we weren't always like this one uh, we weren't as routined and as scheduled and just as i don't know we're, we're much more right. put together th- by the grace of we're god 40. yeah mm-hmm. we're old, we're older and so that starts to come with age and and yeah i learned to love you and honor you and protect you and um and i do that in a host of different ways in our home and and even in public i try to acknowledge my love for you and and my affection and and you in return give me that honor and respect and and you love me one of the things that has been happening recently is and i think this would be kind of my stair step into the discipleship stuff because you've given a good picture of of your routines and in the chaos and i i think they miss the chaos it is so hard um in those routines to maintain some of it with the toddlers and yeah. the trauma and there is a lot of meetings with teachers. Oh, yes. There's a lot of therapies, like you've already mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, even you and I having meetings with our older boys, sitting them down and having, we call them family meetings. Right. And just going through life. But in the midst of all of that, the routines and the chaos, um, you and I in our personal faith, 
because that's where the discipleship for the kids starts is it begins in us. And you have, um, you, you use crayons to, <laughs> to color in your Bible, but how do you say it? You don't say crayons and color. Crayons and collar. <laughs> I collar in my Bible. Um, so first off, Bible highlighters do not work. Amen. And uh, the yeah. pens bleed. Maybe that's uh, our business. And what am I going to do? Take a sharpie. <laughs> and so Crayola crayons. Yeah. Is that better? I just tease you. Crayons. Yeah. Collar so well in your Bible, yeah. And so the kids see me borrowing their crayons, yeah. <laughs> I now can't do it. it. I'm really trying to say it, crayons, whatever. Um, but yeah, I what's like your routine? Collar. Tell us your routine. You, when you read your Bible, what you've been studying, I've just been watching you, and, and so maybe share a little bit about as a busy mom. As a busy mom, to be honest, I wish I could say I do it the first thing in the morning, but I don't because yeah. my mind is not awake enough yet. Okay. So what I do is when Lincoln gets down for his nap, um, that's my quiet time. I like to eat a, my lunch alone. I don't even eat lunch with Talon, or okay. not Talon, Lincoln. Um, I eat my lunch alone, and I read my Bible then, and I do my study time then, my collaring then, <laughs> um, but that is my time. Yeah. Um, but I do leave it laying out yeah. for the kids to see. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times, like, so this week— Why do you do that? Because I think it's important that they're not home right now. It's mm. school season, so they're not home seeing me do it. Yeah. So— because they're not witnessing it with their eyes, they know mom's done it at some point because it's out. It's yeah. in a different position. It's open. She's got different collars out. Yeah. Um, why is mom using purple today? <laughs> and um, so I love that. I, I leave it out on the breakfast nook table because mm -hmm. that's where the littles are a lot. Yeah. Um, and the bigs are out and about in the kitchen a lot yeah. because bigs are always in the kitchen. Yeah, teenage boys are, are, are always... Um, eating things. I tell us a little bit about, and and then I'll share a little bit about mm -hmm. my routines and stuff because mine's different from yours, and we we balance each other. Mm -hmm. um, but you also, like you mentioned, you do uh, a group on Tuesdays, and then you have Wednesdays where you're ministering, and it's really like a little like microchurchy thing with mm -hmm. the foster moms and and just coming together, foster adoptive moms. Talk about how that is a part of your discipleship and your growth with faith and having friends that are believers and then also just, you know, getting out and ministering to those in the foster adoptive space. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Tuesday group, the mom and toddlers group that mm -hmm. Lift Church has um, is not my group. Actually, I joined that group because I needed mm. somewhere to belong. Um, I am 40, and I had my um, older children when I was younger, so I got to grow up with them. And honestly, we would be empty nesters in four years. Yeah. Um, so we are now older, starting over. And for me, having a toddler now is a lot harder. Mm -hmm. So I meet with these, and a lot of them are a lot younger than me, but there are some <laughs> mamas close to my age at that park. Um but we meet at Tuesdays at nine o'clock in the morning and it has been so refreshing mm. to not feel like I'm just this old mom who's a hot mess. Um, these young moms are so non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. um, 
I find myself asking them as many questions as they're asking me. That's good. Which is so cool. Yeah. And then there's also a group text for everybody in that group. Oh, and wow. then there's also some mamas who are out of state. Um, and it's constant of sending, hey, this store is having sales mm-hmm. and coupons <laughs> and um, healthy recipes, quick recipes. Uh Oh, what else? Um, uh, one of the mama's husbands just had to have his appendix out. So we as a group sent a snack box to mm-hmm. the house so the kids would have snacks during the week. I love it. it has just been such a good support group. Yeah. Um, so non-judgmental. I showed up to the park a couple Tuesdays ago and my yoga pants were inside out. <laughs> um, so like my pants are inside out and I was a hot mess that day. Okay. And I remember one of the mamas, she was actually in our youth, Ashlyn, she looked at me and she was like, you're doing such a good job, Meg. Aww. And I, I, I cried. I was like, <laughs> thank you. Because in that moment, I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure my kid was screaming or something. So that group has just been really um, soul filling for me. Yeah. And then Wednesday, Nicole Brenton and I um, she's also a foster mom, works at the Twig, and um, she's soon to be an adoptive mom, like we that. are, adoptive family. We wanted to do a coffee group here at the church for any other local mamas <clears throat> who are foster moms or adoptive moms who just needed community, mm-hmm. some love and support and prayer, because we've had mamas coming in like right before a JR, mm-hmm. um, which is a court hearing, yeah. um, right before TPR, which is another court hearing, which is getting ready to terminate a parental right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're wondering which way it's going to go. Can you pray protection over the kids? It has become a little family of women who come together and we can complain about the system, whine about the system, but we can also pray Hmm. for change and pray over each other, support each other, um, fill needs. Mm -hmm. Like, so one of us has a need, the other one tries to fill it. Mm -hmm. If it's a foster kid coming in, needing a bicycle, diapers, bottles, whatever we can do. And now I feel like just having that has opened the door for foster the family to come in to lift church. So now we'll be partnering with foster the family and I'm super excited about that. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I'll be joining in with that ministry and we will be having a respite night once a month for the foster families to get out and we'll provide childcare for a couple hours. And then we'll be having a mom support group um, for families in Venice and Northport and Inglewood and even Port Charlotte could drive up here. And yeah. then there's also a breakfast for dads. So Amazing. I just, I'm excited that we're going to be able to lift the name of Jesus through the foster care system now. Yeah. When I listen to you and this is what like some people don't get to hear you as much and what goes on and, but your discipleship journey, your growth, you have your personal times with the Lord and then you have your own small group with the, the park group that it's it really is just being Christian moms together and sharing recipes, like you said. But then there's times it's a, a prayer thing. Someone's having a surgery, and you come around each other and send, uh, you know, some support. And this is the for our house and the things that we. I would say that that's you lifting each other. That's your group mm-hmm. in time. And then you've got the the lifting of the community where you're ministering to foster adoptive moms from all across the community. They don't all come to church here. Um, some don't maybe even go to church a- anywhere. And yet you also are partnering with Foster the Family, and there's this growth. And I think it's it's good for people to hear just your walking out the things that we talk about because all of us should have it. 
yeah. you know, in some way, shape or form. And it doesn't have to be perfect or tons of hours or little, you know, there's no um, model for that. It's simply trying to No, and the Lord has called us all to something different. There you go, yeah. And um, I'm married to the husband. I'm married to the pastor. Oh, sorry. Christ, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, my husband. I'm married to the pastor. Yeah. Um, but I'm more than just a pastor's wife. That's right. You know, yeah. I am Megan, and the Lord gave me an identity, and I love children. Mm-hmm. I really do. Oh, and, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard for me that I have to say no now. Like, yeah. that is a, a burden that I have to hand over to the Lord um, almost daily that mm. I have to say no, even just saying it, I'm fighting tears right now looking at you. Um, and it's not to guilt him, but I am, yeah. I'm fighting tears. Yeah. Um, but to know that that burning passion, the Lord placed in me, I can now help other families, yeah. other foster families, other biological parents. Like mm. what can we do? Yeah. Because the Lord doesn't want the brokenness. Yeah. You know, he wants, he wants the repaired relationships and he wants these kids to be whole and to know him. And that's my ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, and I've mentioned you and I've been praying. We, I would love to see 10 new foster homes opened up across this year. Um, I'm, I'm praying that I'm believing for that. I think that these ministries that come around like a foster the family to support mm-hmm. um, foster homes will help to encourage people that they they can begin to open their home up if they're feeling led that way yeah. by the Lord to know that they have a support. Well, I even from- had a single mama walk up to me yesterday and she's like, I'm a single mom. I've always wanted to do foster care, but I'm a single mom. Oh, it's already yeah. hard enough being a single mom but I would love to come help on those nights. That's amazing. I could help. I'm yeah. like, that's huge. Yep. You coming and rocking a baby, that is so huge to a foster family. Yep. Huge. Yeah. So and, and everyone can do something. Everyone We've can said do something. This yeah. So many times. This is our heart. And there's uh, other ministries that God mm-hmm. calls. Everyone in our church is called to something in, right. in these areas of lifting our community. And I, who knows what that may be for them. Um, for us, and, and we, we believe this for our, our church as a whole, we want to see orphans and you know foster adoptive homes specifically be ministered to. Yeah, um, We're called to it as a family, and <coughs> excuse me, inevitably, our church is called to it. Yeah, sometimes, <coughs> you know, you just swallow your spit and it goes down the wrong tube. Well, I try not to get choked up from all these things, and I end up getting that way anyway. Last thing that I wanted to discuss was out of this, this is your kind of own personal faith journey. Um, we talked about imparting discipleship into our children. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of kids in our home through foster care. Yes. Um, we've imparted values into them, even if it was just a short while. Yeah, you can plant seeds, yep. even and, if it's only a year to six months. And then we've had you know, kids that became our forever children. Mm-hmm. And then we have our older boys and maybe just share a little bit of your heart and um, some of the things that we've done for planting seeds, if it was for a moment, uh, or the long-term investment into our children as now, again, we have a 20-year-old, which we got the uh, save the date for the wedding coming up this year, which was Yeah, it's like you want to cry through this podcast today. I'm not sure what you're doing. But it would just, I think people need to know, like, we've been on this journey, and now we're at these 
levels to He's where I'm... He's getting married in just a few months. I know. It's crazy. It's exciting. Um, so planting seeds looks like to me when the littles would come into our house and we knew it was only for a season. Um, I had one little guy for only six months. It is just reading scriptures, reading books, singing <laughs> songs, and him coming to church with us, mm-hmm. living that life with us, even though it was only for a short time. I know I planted those seeds. Um, for the little guy who was with us for the year, same thing. But for a year, he could just got it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to continue to pray for those little guys, to be able to pray for the mama um, who now has her little boy back. Mm-hmm. Um, for the little boys who came to our house only for 48 hours, even them, um, what we did with them was just love on them, you know, show them safety, um, feed them, mm. um, care for them, do anything we could to give them the best 48 hours of their life. Yeah. Um, did I plant a lot of seeds in scriptures those 48 hours? No, yeah. but I love. pray I showed them Jesus just by loving them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our home with the <clears throat> our four and, and our three and four, you know, yeah. so with our seven, um, I feel like the best thing that we do as parents is just live it out. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I do not, okay, we need to sit down and do this Bible study together and you need to write a report on the book of John and, yeah. and hurry up, who can turn to Matthew the fastest? And <laughs> I don't, I don't make games out of things. I don't make competitions out of things. Um, we love to listen to worship music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's fun. Um, they see us when um, the other day we had a kid that was having a trauma response tantrum. And so we sat him in a chair to make sure he was safe. Everybody else was safe because he was having such a tantrum. Yeah, he throws it, stuff. Yeah, he, he throws and breaks yeah. and... So I was feeling overwhelmed because I'm cooking dinner. He's screaming. So I just turned on worship music Mm -hmm. in the kitchen and I asked you to hug me. Mm -hmm. And because I, I just needed, I needed some peace. And when that happened, he was listening to the music and he was watching our interaction. Mm -hmm. And without us even having to speak to him anymore, he was quiet. So in those moments, I feel like, we are discipling our children just by them watching. That's really good. Um, right now, some people may not love this series. I love this series right now, The Chosen. Um, it just brings the Bible to life to me in a way that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, man, now I can see Jesus as like a real dude. Okay. You know? Yeah, I love that. I just think it's neat. And <laughs> it got Josie excited about it, yeah. which got me even more excited that my Josie's excited about it. And now he wants to have like movie night. And instead of it being like star Wars, he's like, let's have a chosen movie night. (laughs) And that's not something I had to force. It was just by him watching. Yeah. So for me, discipleship is just as simple as living it out in front of your children Mm -hmm. and little things like you say, saying, sorry, like when you slip up and yes, I slip up. We talked about that in the sermon. The sailor can come out in me <laughs> apologizing. I should not have said that. What yeah. can we say instead? You know, being patient in traffic, explaining to the kids why someone's driving slower and we shouldn't, you know, talk nasty to that person and, you know, the Beatitudes and the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> That's exceptional. I think 
the thing that I would say that I'd, I would want to impart to people today as a takeaway and, and just such wisdom from you today, I, I guarantee people are going to be blessed by it. My is the immersion into a Christian life that we don't have like these steps <clears throat> or checklist of growth and discipleship. We simply, we immerse ourselves as people of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and as believers in Christ, and we try to live that out, and we bring our kids, immerse them into that same uh, lifestyle. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we've done our best to not make it, um, for lack of a better term, like religious. Right. I think religion has its place and there's good things. And so I'm using that as a, a marker of it being um, well, something, maybe legalistic. Yeah, something that's added to your life as an, an add on to get you into heaven mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really a, a portion of who we are that we are, um, I'm a, you know, I try to be a loving husband because I, I have Jesus in my heart. Right. I'm trying to be a good dad. I work hard because I'm trying to work as unto the Lord. And uh, reading our Bible, like you said, it's immersed. When you're leaving your Bible out so they understand that this is a portion of your day, and so your kids are exposed to that seed in their life, that's a part of that immersion into this is what it means to be a Christian. It's not about perfection. It's about Jesus being around us and, and through us, and, and we're just immersed in every single way. That it's it's he's not an add-on to my life. He is our life, right? In every way, and we're not just doing that because we're pastors. We're we're living these things out because we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and rose again, and we live that out to every uh, in in every way possible. And we've done a really good job of explaining that, of helping people to see that for us it isn't some kind of checklist of a catechism understanding but rather a reality of who we are and i think it's been good for our boys i think it's going to be good for our three littles as they're coming into it and learning and and watching and experiencing and being exposed to these things because what has started to happen with our boys as you've mentioned is they grab a hold of it on their own right it's become their choice and every person including the kids uh, that people are parenting that are listening to this, they have to, and you said this on Sunday, they have to choose it for themselves. Absolutely. And so we want our boys to find Jesus for themselves. And they've all been baptized and accepted Jesus as Savior. But there's a journey to that. Absolutely. And there will be challenges. You go to college. Everything that you've learned and been immersed, immersed in will be challenged now as you step out into the world. And, and, and they're navigating those things. But because they've chosen for themselves... It sticks different because it's not a tradition or a faith that was handed to you because it was your dad's or mom's. It's one that is yours. And I think that's the benefit of the immersion of discipleship is that it's their faith now. Um, they watched our faith. They lived in our faith. And we as a family have faith. But then there's this moment that happens in that immersion where it's become theirs. And we're watching that happen. Yeah, I think I just came to that realization when they hit like 10 to 12 yeah. that it has to be their choice. Um, and we do have non-negotiables, like we come to church as a family. That's a non-negotiable. Yep. Um, but I'm never going to force them yep. to love Jesus because that's a choice they have to make. Yep. The Lord gave us all that free will. Yeah. And and that's what I'm, it's it's been. We're learning. 
you know, my yeah. oldest is 20, having a son that'll be, you know, 31 day, I'm sure there'll be different nuances of, of what we're learning as parents right now as we're learning. This is what we're learning. And we're sharing that from that kind of uh, perspective of immersing them in us just living it out has been the best discipleship process. Because I think that's what Jesus did. Right. As he looks at disciples and says, hey, follow me. Right. Come and along and see what this journey's exactly. about. Exactly. And that's what we're doing with the boys. Uh, we're going to be doing with the littles and, and are starting to do with them as they're growing up and learning. We're saying, hey, follow me as I follow mm -hmm. Jesus right now. And that discipleship process is different. It's not rules and regulations. It's not checklists and tests. It's, it is come along. And as you said, we have non-negotiables. There's, there's still boundaries in our oh, home. Oh, absolutely. We've done whole teachings on, you know, what are our three main things that we really hold dear and bring discipline down mm -hmm. pretty heavy for and et cetera. But in these moments, when it comes to discipleship, our approach is the immersion. Yeah. And um, that's what we were trying to share on Sunday. Um, of course, it gets a little bit more <laughs> complicated to be able to pack all of that into a Sunday uh, moment of talking and ministering and all of that. But is there anything else as before we kind of um, leave them for today and, and for this week that you maybe want to impart to, I don't know, maybe even moms? You're, you're so good at loving on the ladies of our house. Um, but in general, families, parenting, discipleship, do you have anything that you want to impart to the people? Well, I would say every young adult and teen and child, they all respond differently and they all learn differently. Mm. Um, and in today's world, you're going to do different things. Um, so for us, sometimes just sending a scripture via text, yeah. um, doing a family Bible study via text, um, even though some people may not like the tech side of it, mm -hmm. sometimes that's a great way to reach your young adults and your teens. Yeah. Um, so that I'd like to impart that because I think sometimes we can be so anti-tech with our teens mm. that we forget that there can be a good side. Um, and you do that very well with the family group text mm -hmm. is the family Bible verses. I do like that a lot. Um but I think just for the moms, uh, find a good group, find mm -hmm. a good support group. Um, there are a million of them at Lift Church. You just have to find them. And if there isn't, and if there start isn't, it. you start it. Because <laughs> the there's another one mom thing that drives that me so nuts have. is when people are like, "Oh, it's so clicky," because there's only like ten people in the group. Well, that's because it's only so many people signed up for it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was the 40-year-old mom who went to a 20-year-old and was like, hey, can I join the group because yeah. I need help raising a toddler? Yeah. Um, and there's no shame in that. And there are so many amazing groups in this church. Yeah. And um, and for the men as well. We yeah. have some really great men groups. Yes, we do. And if there's a group that you're like, well, this is what I'm needing and we don't have one, start it. Yeah. Just start it. Invite a few friends and start it. I mean, there's so much you can do. It's so good. Yeah, and that's, we all need those circles. That's how discipleship's going to happen. Our gatherings are spectacular. The presence of God is moving in a mighty way in them. But when we step out of that, then we face Monday. And following after the Lord on the Monday requires a tighter circle of people to come in and 
hold up our arms when we're tired of worshiping and help us to move forward. Well, and even accountability. So true. So it's not just encouragement. Yep. You need another mama sometimes to hold you accountable and be like, ah, you know, mom, that is overstepping. Yep. You know, I've had moms tell me like, no, you probably are overstepping a boundary with Noah. That's good. And, you know, no, you, you shouldn't say that or you shouldn't do that or check your spirit. And, and so, yes. Yes. Just wanted to put that in there. Yes, as mamas, let's encourage each other, but let's hold each other accountable as well. Yeah, so special today. You and I, we could talk about this for hours for a long time. hours. But um, will you do me a favor? Would you just pray to kind of close out our time? I always ask the people that join me to pray and seal in all that's happening. And so as God leads, you pray, and, and we'll call it a day today. Okay. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time with Micah, and I thank you for this time with um, whoever's listening today, Lord God, or tomorrow, or whenever they click play. Lord God, I pray that the words that we spoke um, would just resonate with somebody, Lord God, uh, that if there is a mother and a father who's just wondering how the Rickles do it um, in their crazy life um, with seven kids, and Lord God, that we gave them a glimmer of hope that they can do it with theirs. Lord Jesus, I just pray peace in the home of all those that lift and all those who are listening, Lord God. And I just thank you for this family and this village that we have here. Lord God, I just continue to pray that every home at Lift Church would just be blessed abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.